Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast. We are presented by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And there are a lot of things coming up that we are able to bet on, which is awesome. He is Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling, the Super Contest at the Westgate casino out there in vegas i highly encourage you to check out steve on twitter at fezic sports i'm ross tucker former nfl offensive lineman five teams seven years and i want to get into today's show because we got to talk about the canelo alvarez versus josh jacobs fight or daniel jacobs fight josh jacobs He's the new running back for the Oakland Raiders. Speaking of that, I want to get into the, the draft bets and how that worked out for betonline.ag. They already have 2020 draft bets. We got the Kentucky Derby this weekend. I mean, an absolute smorgasbord of things we can bet to get into um, with Steve and with Dave Mason. I also want to mention... And I, I probably won't mention this last week, next week, because it'll probably be too late. I've told you guys about it the last couple of weeks. I'm just telling you guys, if you haven't yet, you really need to get your wife or your mom or somebody a story from myfrontpagestory.com. Best Mother's Day gift ever, and it's crazy easy for you. Uh, crazy easy. And your wife or mom will think you put an amazing amount of time in. Myfrontpagestory.com As always, it is my pleasure to bring on not only Steve Fezzik, who joins us every week, but my guy Dave Mason from betonline.ag. You guys know, because I tell you every week, there's a promo code. It's podcast1, and there's a 50% welcome bonus when you use it at Dave's site betonline.ag for any of the stuff we're about to talk about you know where to go and dave is the guy he look he gives you some of the uh answers to the test ahead of time he tells you that the draft is tough for them to ever make money on so he told you it was a pretty good event for you guys to bet on that ended up doing it dave as always buddy thank you for joining the show hey thanks for having me 
All right, so why don't we just start with the draft, uh, Dave, and how how you know what kind of volume you guys did? What, how big of an event was it for you? And how did BetOnline.ag come out? I know you said it's usually an event that's tough to make money on. Oh yeah, I mean it's, this year was no different. It's 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 so difficult. I mean we, we lost again. <laughs> the betters win. It's just they're just so difficult to manage these these odds, man. And uh, yeah, we got we got beat up again. You know, the biggest winners for the players are under two and a half receivers. Got slaughtered there. Over 17 and a half defensive players in the first round. There were 18, so we got beat there. Rashawn Gary not selected ninth or earlier. That's a prime example. I mean, you know, it's like you're basing a lot of these odds off a lot of those those mock drafts. Like the week before, you're trying to get odds up earlier, beat the competition. And Rashawn Gary, you know, you put these odds up, and then all of a sudden his stock is plummeting week of. And, you know, the betters beat you to the punch and all of a sudden we get slaughtered on a prop like that. That's a perfect example of how difficult these are to manage. And the only way you can manage these and make money is if you opened them like four hours before the draft, to tell you the truth. Just all the rumors and and feeding through all the mock drafts and expert analysis, yada, yada, yada. So, um, and Quinn and Williams, top three pick, that was a loser. Marquise Brown, first wide receiver. So, yeah, I mean, the action was great. And, again, I look at things from – marketing point of view um so i'm always trying to get guys back you know get those nfl and college football guys back on the site that have gone dormant for a few months so as far as that it's always a win for us because it it just gets bigger and bigger every year i mean it's it's it used to just be just be like okay you throw these odds up get some pr out of it a couple people will bet it no no big deal might lose a few thousand dollars big deal uh, now it's like a major, major betting event, and the action's just through the roof. So that's interesting. So where, 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 how does it compare, Dave, to some of your other major events? Yeah, I mean it's it's nowhere near the top. I mean I don't want to get carried away here, but for you know it, it's it's you know you're you're booking. A, more bets than you know the NBA game that night about the same comparable um bets definitely action probably not um but you know it and like I said you know it's not only that but it's, it's very easy for the betters to, to beat it's the easiest event of the year without a doubt for the betters to beat so you know like I said year 10 years ago you don't take that much action on it you get beat no big deal but now you take a lot of action on it, you get beat, and that, that red number is a lot bigger than it was 10 years ago. But, you know, it's it's you just got to look at it. It's something you have to have up, you have to have on the site. It's 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 All books are doing it now. Even, you know, land-based casinos in the States, they're even doing it, where in years past they weren't doing it. So it's a you have to do it. That's kind of cr- interesting to me. So I, I guess – even though you know you're probably going to lose money, you have to do it just because a you want to service your existing customers and b the the loss is worth the marketing part of it because you know everybody always says that the odds are always stacked against you uh, you know the book always ultimately wins or the the house always wins, but this is like is there any other thing that uh, you're aware of, Dave, where it seems like you guys lose like every year? No, not really. Um, oh yeah, sure. NBA draft. <laughs> so these draft, these draft, you know, uh, odds are they're 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 a challenge, man. Um, 
but NFL takes a lot more than NBA. So, but I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's something you have to do. It's, it's about minimizing your losses. That's why you know, people complain. Why aren't you Why aren't you taking a thousand dollars on these? Like, no, we're not going to take that. You, you have to have some risk management, you know, um, involved here, where you're not offering the highest limits. You're not going to let them rebet it, et cetera, et cetera. You know, someone's expected to get down for a thousand dollars. Well, it's not going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's. I mean, if if risk management had their way, they wouldn't offer it, but. You know, marketing is a is you know marketing and risk management often butt heads in this industry, and uh, you know I work more on the marketing side of things, so I butted heads on a lot of things over the years with risk management, and you just try to always understand that hey, if we don't offer it, or if we have a horrible selection, if we only have like five things up, these betters are going to go elsewhere to bet it, and if you it's so hard to get a better to come to your site, to sign up, to deposit, then to, to keep coming back and keep keep going back to the site every day that, that like the risk management guys don't don't get that the guys in marketing get that how difficult that is so you have to have an offering out there if you take it on a chin and something like this okay we lost let's get him betting on the NBA, nba game tomorrow night the hockey game tomorrow night or industry best mlb dime lines let's get him betting into that and, and taking their winnings into the race book for the kentucky derby or whatever so you know, that's how it works, but it's a constant struggle. It's a constant button heads with the risk guys. But, you know, they're looking at the red numbers. They're looking at the bottom line, and that, that's what they're paid to do. I'm looking at how are we going to get guys betting more and, and, and more guys signing up, et cetera. What did you say the industry best MLB diamonds? What was that? Dime lines. Dime What's lines. What's that? Baseball. Um, you know, Fez can help me out here, but, you know, it, whereas – you know, juice on NFL game, typical juice is minus one, 110 on each side. Um, for MLB, you know, some books, not all books, a lot of more books are getting away with it, are offer dime lines, which is pretty much minus 105 cents on each side or, you know, minus 130, take by plus 20, basically 10 cents on the money line instead of 20 cents with what it would be in an NFL game. And our, our dime lines go now, second part of this, is some books offer dime lines, but they might only offer them up to minus 120 or minus 130 or minus 140, et cetera. Ours go all the way up to minus 185, which is very high. Um, increases it. It maximizes that MLB's betters wins and minimizes their losses over the long baseball season. You know about that, Steve? I do, Ross. So let me put the bottom line to this dime line, if you will. So, a random better just firing, laying a dollar ten like we do at football or basketball, or a pickup game on baseball if they don't offer a dime line, it's going to lose four point five four percent. That's what the household is. When you deal a dime line, now the house edge gets halved, and now theoretically against a random better, the house only wins like two point two five percent because Dave Mason goes for his dime line all the way up to minus one eighty. I won't go into all the mathematic nuances, but now his hold, if someone bet Team A and someone simultaneously bet Team B, their hold is less than 2%. So they're barely making a profit, and that's only if they get even action across the board, which is impossible. So bottom line is it does give the better the very best chance to win. Now I want to, I if I may, chime in about why the bookmakers lose in the draft and, and, and the rest. And um, I'm not going to tell Dave how to do his business, but I guess I am going to tell him how to do his business. I am convinced that good bookmakers lose because they have 
very good habits that work 99% of the time, and they don't work on things like the draft. They don't work on things like putting up opening lines in, in sports like college football, and here's why. Bookmakers 98% of the time know, hey, it's an NBA game. It's Toronto-Philadelphia. Somebody bets Toronto minus one. Don't overreact. The line is basically right. Move at half a point, which is correct 98% of the time. But it's all wrong in the draft because in the draft, things change. Number of wide receivers taken in the first round, four days before the draft, kind of lean over two and a half. Day of the draft, it's like 80% there's going to be less than two and a half wide receivers. Everything changes. So the only way you can combat that as a bookmaker is to have a couple like Ken Jennings, Jeopardy geniuses constantly monitoring everything, which is impossible. But that would work, moving your lines dramatically. Alternatively, I really think what you need to do is you need to profile your best winning players that specialize on this sort of thing. And when they bet wide receivers under two and a half and they lay a dollar twenty, you say, you know what? I know this is ridiculous. I'm moving my line fifty cents. I know he can turn right around and play back over, but he won't. This guy's giving me good information. So instead of just moving from minus one twenty, stay to minus one thirty five, which would be a normal line move. You have to be super ultra-aggressive moving these lines because they're not right because the, it's predetermined, basically. And so when all this information comes out, you literally – how often would you ever see this on a baseball game? Literally, I would have a situation where I might say, hey, I like Team A minus $1.20. No, now I like Team B minus $2. It's playing Team A because everything has changed in the last 24 hours. Now that the, you, 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 you're exactly right, and everything you said is exactly right, and uh, you know you touched on the receivers, and and that was a great example. DK Metcalf was a great example. You know we're getting our we're not at the combines, we're not at we're not talking to general managers. We're getting our, you know, we're setting these odds up earlier than they should be. You know, the week before, like I said, ideally they should be set up the day of, but you can't do that because then everybody's betting at another book, so you got to set them up early, and. Uh, DK Metcalf was a perfect example. You know, he was number one receiver on nine out of 10 mock drafts. And that's where we're getting our information from. And again, we're getting our information from, from these mock drafts where these guys go seven or seven for 32 or eight for 32. And they had a great mock draft. So that tells you what, you know, that what we're pulling the stuff from too. And then, then DK Metcalf day before the draft, you know, his stock just starts plummeting a couple of days before the draft and, and betters beat you to the punch. And, uh, and they're taking Marquise Brown at plus money, and next thing you know, we got that huge red figure. So it's a challenge. And, yeah, and, and, and the first better is always going to beat you the punch. You can't do anything about that, and maybe the second. And, and that's where, like, like I said, it, it sounds ludicrous. If I'm working for Dave and I put up two and a half and he walks in and, and he says, how's our, how's our portfolio look? And I'll say, Dave, we took a bet under two and a half, lay a dollar twenty, and one minus lay a dollar fifty. And now I've got it minus 220, take back plus 190. And Dave's like, but people can just play plus 190 and scalp you for 70 cents. And I'd respond, yeah, but I want them to because under two and a half is going to win. Yeah, and that whole scalping thing, I'm sorry, that whole scalping thing, you have discussed that too with the guys too. It's like, hey, if the early guys scalp you, let them. You know what I mean? Just it's better than – it's better than, oh, they're going to scalp us, and then you let the rest of the, the you know, the 90% of guys who've yet to bet come in and, and take it to you. So here's my question for you, Steve. I don't really remember us talking all that much 
about you placing draft bets over the last few years since we've been doing this podcast. I mean, knowing what Dave's saying, knowing what you're saying, do you put a lot of money down, Steve, on on the draft? And is it a is it a is it, is it a big winner for you? I do not put a lot of money on the draft, but it's not because there aren't opportunities. It's because the limits are so low that what happens that I could do all the work and get a few really good bets, but typically I just can't get down what I want to get down because most of the time, the by the time I finish my work, all these lines have indeed moved so dramatically. But I use the wide receivers as an example because that was one I did get a hold of. And frankly, I wanted to give something out to my clients. And literally two days before the draft, I went through the mock drafts. I looked at what the lines were at that time. And I said, this line is ludicrous that there'd be two and a half wide receivers. I don't even think there's going to be two. As it turned out, New England took the second wide receiver with the last pick in the first round. But I wasn't biased by all these mock drafts from four or five days ago. That Many of them had two and three wide receivers in the first round. Because I did all my analysis at exactly the optimal time, I actually kind of originated that under two and a half wide receivers that I was able to release the day before the draft to my clients. And so it just goes to show that if you are actively doing your work each and every day and adjusting, yeah, you are going to get a few really good bets typically. But I will say this. Dave's talking about all the bets he lost. Everybody bet quarterbacks over three and a half. So that was a huge winner for the house. And that was one of the um, consensus best bets that went down the drain. It's interesting because that was one of the ones I liked the under. I thought Josh Rosen, with Josh Rosen involved, and the Miami Dolphins maybe not taking one. I, I actually, I actually kind of liked the under on that one. So interesting, uh, Dave. I, I want to get into um, with you and Steve. I guess that there's some other NFL draft related bets that we'll get into for next week's episode. But the other things I wanted to ask you, Dave, for this week's episode, the uh, Kentucky Derby. How big of an event is this for you guys? Where does it stack up? And um, how much is it affected when, like, the favorite goes ahead and and uh, pulls out scratches like they just did? Ah, it's a huge event. It's one of those, um, you know, I, I always look at, like, at how many people are signing up and coming back to the site that particular day. And it, it's one of the biggest. It's, you know, Super Bowl, obviously. Um, first day, March Madness, obviously NFL week one, that's there. And, you know, it's in the top five, probably fourth is probably Kentucky Derby. And, uh, if there's a huge fight of like Mayweather McGregor and Mayweather Pacquiao, those are the two biggest days in the history of the company as far as signups and people coming back to the site. But, uh, those kind of fights aren't every year. So it's, it's top three or four every year. Um, you know, everybody's betting on it. As far as the you know the top horse pulling out, I mean, I don't think it'll have that big of an effect. I really don't. It's yet to be seen. Um, you know, a lot of guys that are coming back to bet the Kentucky Derby or sign up to bet the Kentucky Derby. I mean, you're not talking about diehard uh, horse guys here. You're talking about guys that bet on horses once or twice a year. You know, they'll bet the Triple Crown races, maybe the Breeders' Cup. I mean, those guys are the guys that are really making this day such a big day you got your loyal horse betters that are going to bet it no matter what and then you have the the, the tons of people coming to your site who are just betting it because it's the kentucky derby so you know that this horse isn't really a household name to those massive amount of people 
again, I could be wrong. We will see, but I, I don't think it's going to affect affect our action or, or um, you know, signups or anything at all. So I know that Steve does not like horse betting because you don't get to keep your odds. You get the final odds. Is, I mean, I'm assuming this might be a dumb, naive question, but that's the way it is at betonline.ag too? Well, there's two ways to bet it. If you bet it in the race book, that's how it works. It's, you know, it's a power mutual. And that's how it works at the racetrack or the OTB. If you go to the racetrack itself or the OTB, you know, you, you bet on the favor. And let's say his odds at the time are five to one, but everybody bets them. And the closing odds are one to one. You're not getting that five to one. You're getting that one to one. So, you know, that's always kind of a struggle during these big races, too, because you do have so many of those new bettors coming to the site. You don't understand paramutual betting. I don't like it either, to be honest. I'm not a big horse. I'm one of those guys I was talking about before. You don't bet horses two, three times a year, and that's it. I can't handle corporate handicap a horse race to save my life. But what we also do is we have the fixed odds in the sports book. So you have the race book, the traditional race book betting, where you have the paramutual, where you have the exactas, the trifectas. But again, all those odds and payouts are based on the closing odds. But we also have odds to win within the sports book itself. So those odds are fixed. So you can go in there and bet a horse at five to one now, and your payout's going to be five to one. I don't care if it closes, you know, minus 200 or 20 to one. Your payout is going to be five to one. So we give our betters the option to do both right there. So that's geared more, a little bit more towards the, the casual horse guy like myself, uh, like all these guys I was talking about earlier who come to the site, don't understand paramutual, don't know how to use the race book. They want to bet the winner. They, they want to bet the horse at 10 to one period, end of story. So they can get that. Okay. So then, but just based on what Steve has said over the years and the whole paramutual part of it, it just makes it seem like, I mean, horse racing, is that as about as profitable as anything you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, for, for In the race book, absolutely. I mean, sure thing. Well, you know, it's, an, it's kind of another topic. I mean, because our payouts really aren't it's ooh, this gets confusing but our payouts really aren't based on the 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 paramute we're not in the pool for the books in the states so as whereas they're going to lock up a profit we can still be exposed in a horse i don't know if you that makes any sense or not um so we can still lose in the race book cuz our we're basing our odds in the race book off the pool in the united states but our money isn't part of that pool do you do you understand I don't know if you understand or not. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. And, and Ross, yeah, if I, I can yeah. use an example, like the reason that Bet Online loves the Kentucky Derby is because the betting pool is so huge throughout the country. And yeah, maybe the there'll be a little sway of there's some square money in there that that makes a few of the numbers slightly off. But um, basically, the books can trust that betting pool to deal out, spit out, if it will, very, very accurate numbers on all these horses, and they love just going ahead and taking the action and booking it themselves and making their 18 to 20 percent. Now, this wouldn't work at a little track in Louisiana where the handle is so small that all the numbers on the horses could be completely wrong in some cases, and then the book could get hit with big bets that don't go in that paramutual pool. And if they had, someone who's betting 8-1 to one on a horse would only be getting 2-1, to one, but they get the 8-1 to one because that money never goes into the pool, so that can be very dangerous on these smaller events. Did I describe that correctly, Dave? 
Yeah, pretty much. I think Baron and I did, so thank you. <laughs> what about, Dave, um, you know, you mentioned some of the big fights. What about, like, Canelo Alvarez versus Daniel Jacobs? Um, how big will that be for you guys? But it'll be it'll be decent. <clears throat> Excuse me. It'll be decent, but it's not not like Mayweather fight by any means. So it'll be good. It'll be one of the biggest fights of the year. But you know when Mayweather fought, fights, especially that Pacquiao and then that Conor McGregor fight, I and mean, those, those events were just out of this world. They were they were incredible. I mean, just awesome. So um, it'll be good. It'll be a good good event. But uh, especially following up after the Kentucky Derby, but. You know, won't be massive by any means. Steve, I forget. Do you ever do you ever bet boxing? Oh, I bet everything, Ross. If I can get an edge, <laughs> but I defer to the people that um, go ahead and give me information. Frankly, every now and then, there's just obvious stuff that, like when Mayweather was fighting uh, um, Connor. Um, Clearly, Mayweather was tremendous value, like laying four dollars minus four hundred. Um, you had a professional boxer against a professional MMA guy, and the boxer had never lost, and now he was going to lose to an MMA guy. I mean, so every now and then, when the public all lines up on one side, they're usually wrong, not always. Um, so situations like that, I will say, like in terms of the Kentucky Derby. I'll certainly bet the Derby on the sportsbook side, as Dave mentioned, where the odds are locked, especially on things like horse matchups, horse versus horse, um, over, under on the winning time, oftentimes adjusting for information. I'm disappointed, for instance, that Omaha Beach got scratched because everything I read said he was a great mutter, that he had won multiple times on sloppy tracks. So if indeed it was raining on Saturday, I was going to look towards betting Omaha Beach not to win the race, but to in heads-up matches against other horses where I'm not playing into this ridiculous 18% household edge of um, the paramutual. That'll do it for the Even Money Podcast. Terrific stuff, as always. Already looking forward to next week where we can talk about what happened at the Derby, what happened in the Canelo Alvarez fight against Daniel Jacobs. A lot to get to, plus... Some of the NFL draft bets for next year, what it means for next season. Uh, week one line movement. We're going to get to a bunch of your email questions next week as well. So keep them coming. Take advantage of any of our sponsors over on the sponsor page at RossTucker.com. And then send it to me when you do with your question for Steve Ross at RossTucker.com. Other than that, uh, I think we're done here. Good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast Podcast, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.